And thank you again for being with us for the Twins Wrap with Dick Bramer, the television voice of the Minnesota Twins, brought to you by Jefferson Lions. I am Derek Hansen. Dick, it's uh, great to have you back and uh, talking a little bit about baseball again. L- those four days, it seems like forever for that All-Star break. Yeah, it was a good break, a welcome break, I think, particularly for the Twins. They literally and figuratively went into the break limping a little bit, and they came out of the break with a good series against Cleveland. So the hope is that uh, it's not too much of a disruption. The Twins obviously had a tremendous first half, and they're going to, have, I think, have to have a, a tremendous second half if they're going to hold off the Indians and win the division. They did what they had to do this past weekend. As a Twins fan, I'm greedy. I want the sweep, but you go in leading by five and a half games. You win the series. You pick up a game, and that you know going on the road. That's kind of what you have to do, right? Yeah, and I think uh, as you know, there were some comments made. It was kind of a statement series and all that, and I'm I'm not that big into that. I I think if anything, Twins won two out of three. That was great, but I think they saw firsthand the Indians aren't going away. Uh, this team, the Cleveland team, typically has played very well in the second half. And, uh, you know, it's still a healthy lead, uh, six games and all that. But, uh, you know, Cleveland is, you know, going to be there. They're going to they're gonna have some good uh, runs. They're going to take some runs at the Twins here in the second half. So the Twins are going to have to play good baseball. They, they will not coast at all to a, a division title. If the Twins end up winning the American League Central, I'm not going to forget the Friday night after the All-Star game because it looked like everything was going the wrong way for the Twins. They come back and win, and that was, to me, kind of the tell signs that this team, even without C.J. Crone, even without Eddie Rosario, they're they're just going to be a tough team to beat all year, too. Yeah, it was really a a significant win on Friday, in part because the Indians went into the All-Star break uh, with a six-game winning streak. And if they'd won that first game and trimmed the lead back to five games or whatever, well, now, you know, there's maybe a little more pressure on the Twins on Saturday. But to come back and win that game Friday, and they came so close to doing the same thing Sunday afternoon. You know, there, there are 10 games left between the two teams. But I think, significantly, the next seven uh, are A, after the trade deadline. So we'll see what the Twins do and what the Indians do before the end of the month. But the next seven games with Cleveland are a target field, and that should give the Twins hopefully a little bit of an edge. Yeah, I think it's good that they do have this, you know, not too bad to go on the road where the All-Star game was, and and you got Cleveland, there's still excitement there. But this home stretch comes at a good time because it seems like you you guys have been on the road for a long time, it seems. Yeah, and now starting tonight with this game against the Mets, uh, essentially three of the next four weeks of the season will be spent at target field. There's a a week-and-a-half-long homestand, and the Twins are on the road for a week, then they come back with another week-and-a-half-long homestand. So um, not that this team has played substantially better at home than they have on the road because they've been tremendous on the road, but it's always nicer to be at home, particularly when you you know, have a chance to you know, extend uh, you know, uh, a homestand for a week-and-a-half. This should be uh, hopefully a really encouraging next four weeks for the Twins. It was crazy to see Max Kepler and what happened with Bauer hitting five home runs in a row. I mean, that was, and I think even Bauer was like, "What the heck? I'm throwing a fastball. I'm throwing a breaking ball. He's hitting everything I'm throwing at him." Yeah, and you know Bauer. I mean, this is not a Scott Klingenbacker or somebody like that. This guy's one of the best arms in the game, and to hit five home runs in five at bats within a season—something that's never been done before in baseball—and it really was remarkable. And maybe one of the best parts of it all, I don't know Trevor Bauer at all, uh, 
Uh, I've nodded at him and maybe said hi once or twice. Uh, but he had a little self-deprecating uh, video that he put out on uh, social media afterwards, which I thought kind of made the the whole sequence of at bats against uh, uh, Kepler against Bauer kind of succinctly said it all. It was really kind of a nice thing that he put together and put out on Twitter. I think in a long baseball season, you almost have to do that, right? I remember when. I went out to uh, Dodger Stadium. I think I ran into you out there in 2005, and he stopped Choi. Brad Racky told me, and I can't, I can't say all the words he said. I threw him four pitches, and he hit three of them out. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that game, and it just some days it happens like that. Well, yeah, and you've got to have uh, the ability to laugh at yourself. The the punchline to that story, I remember that game very well. Uh, before the Twins left town that day, someone got a piece of Los Angeles Dodger stationery. And uh, when we got home, typed up a letter, supposedly from Hesop Choi, asking Brad Radke that if he were selected to the home run derby before the All-Star game, could he select uh, Brad Radke as his pitcher? And then <laughs> signed uh, somebody, you know, scribbled in Hesop Choi or whatever. And uh, that was a clubhouse prank on Radke. But, the, you know, you do have to uh, laugh at yourself and be willing to laugh at yourself over the course of a long season. One thing that's not a laughing matter is a spectacular catch again by Byron Buxton, but at what cost? Well, we'll wait and see. Now, there's a chance Byron could be activated before uh, this game here tonight. I think it's more likely that it'll be another day or two. But my goodness, uh, you know, if you're a Twins fan, how can you not love the way this guy plays? We've seen him go back, crash into a fence a number of times and concuss himself. Now we've seen him come in, make a diving catch, and essentially do the same thing. Uh, you know, Rocco Baldelli was saying before the All-Star break that he's, you know, there are a lot of guys on the team that have given up their bodies, and nobody embodies that more than Byron Buxton. He's absolutely fearless. He considers every ball hit in his general direction to be one that he should catch, and he's just a fabulous guy to watch, and why his long-term health is really uh, a key part for the Twins as they move forward. You know, it's amazing. Some organizations, I don't care what sport it is, they seem to be defined by a certain type of role. Like the the Bears have had Buckus and you know and, and Dicka and all these. You know, they, they, and then you look at Singletary as a middle linebacker. I should say not Dicka, but and then of course you know the Packers had Favre and Star and and the center fielders for the Twins, Pocket. You know, Denard Span had a shot. I can't forget Torrey Hunter, obviously. And now we have Byron Buxton. It's just amazing how defensively they've had these great center fielders. Yeah, it's it's been a nice run in, in the case of, uh, well, not so much Kirby. Kirby was an acrobat. I don't know that I ever saw the man dive for a ball the way we saw Byron uh, dive for the ball in Cleveland. But Torrey Hunter still talks about you know, making diving catches at the Metrodome and the buttons on his jersey melting with the friction with the artificial turf. Um, you, you, you know, as much as it's fun for all of us to watch that, imagine if you're on the mound and you've given up maybe a deep fly to center field and yet you see your center fielder go back and make a catch a split second before he crashes full speed into the wall. What that must mean for you as a pitcher that you know, you've got guys behind you that are literally – fearless enough to go out and get the ball. As long as it's within reach, they're going to go out and catch it for you. 
All right, Dick, thanks so much. We'll uh, call you right back after the top of the hour. Dick Bramer, again, the Twins wrap with the television voice of the Minnesota Twins, Dick Bramer. Brought to you by Jefferson Lines, your number one bus experience for over 100 years, serving North Dakota and cities throughout the Midwest. I'm Derek Hansen. Jack Sunday will be back to wrap up the Drive Time News Hour in just a bit. And then part two with Dick Bramer coming up after the CBS World News Roundup and KFGO News with Paul Jurgens to kick off Couch Potato Radio And then it's game one of a two-game series against the New York Mets live from Target Field. Corey Provis with the call, as always. Dan Gladden and Chris Atterbury back in the studio. 6.30 is the pregame show here on the Mighty 790 KFGO. Thanks so much for being with us again. This is Couch Potato Radio. Derek Hansen with you on the Mighty 790 KFGO. Featuring part two of the Twins wrap with uh, the television voice of the Minnesota Twins, Dick Bramer. It's brought to you by Jefferson Lines, your number one bus experience for over 100 years, serving North Dakota and cities throughout the Midwest. Let's uh, talk a little bit about uh, the pitching staff. You know, pitching always seems to come up. Uh, and you got Michael Pineda tonight. And, you know, the thing I feel bad for Barrios, he didn't have a bad start on Sunday. He's just facing a guy who's red hot with a uh, Bieber right now. So, I mean, yeah, you know, we we you and I talked so much pitching, and Odorizzi I thought looked good on Saturday. You know, we got July thirty first coming up; it's never going to end. But it's going to be interesting here with Perez and Panita to see just exactly how this rolls for him, and maybe calm down that rumor mill, or maybe it's going to pick it up even more. Yeah, I think if you uh, stood uh, back and took a look at the rotation over the last month or so, uh, you'd probably say that Michael Panetta has been the Twins' most reliable starter over the last month or so. We've seen Odorizzi have some hiccups along the way. Barrios has been a little uneven. Gibson's had a couple of disappointing starts and Perez is hopefully rounding back into shape. So Pineda has actually been the most reliable twin starter over the last month, month and a half. So if you go out and get a starting pitcher, whether it's you know Marcus Stroman, Madison Bumgarner, whatever, then who do you take out of the rotation? And do you take someone out that might stand a chance of uh, being, um, you know, helpful to you out of the bullpen, or do you address the bullpen immediately, which is, I think, the way most people think the Twins are going to move before the end of this month, that they might bring in a reliever or two. The fact of the matter is, Derek, you know, there are no Justin Verlanders out there right now. You know, a couple years ago, the Astros made a shrewd move uh, because they were able to get Verlander, extend him, and he's been the anchor of that rotation now moving forward. Well, there's no one out there like that. I don't I don't think even the most diehard Madison Bumgarner proponent would tell you that he's the same pitcher he was five years ago when he basically won the World Series for the Giants. So it'll be interesting to see what the Twins do. It'll be interesting to see what the Indians do. Right now, that's right now that's about all that Twins fans should care about, whether the Indians are going to be in position to potentially add themselves or whether they will sell and trade Trevor Bauer, maybe another piece or two, because they don't think that they can catch the twins and don't want to uh, delay what might be a rebuilding process for them in the hopes of maybe getting into the wild card game. Yeah, and that's the whole thing—the factor of you know getting in the wild card game or not. How mu- how much do you put your eggs into the basket there, right? I mean, I'm sure it's a this is a much deeper move than just wins and losses for the Cleveland Indians right now. Well, remember where the twins were just a couple of years ago, and how quickly things can change. They were buyers, and then a week later. Right before the end of the month, they were sellers. And, uh, you know, there, there's going to be some of that, I suspect, uh, even more so now because, you know, there is no uh, August waiver trade deadline at the end of August anymore. You've got to decide what you are 
in terms of a team, a contender, a pretender, or a rebuilder, you've got to make that decision now before the end of the month. And that's why, you know, there are a lot of teams that should be adding, like the Twins. There are some teams that might add but might more be likely to sell. Maybe the Indians are in that group. But if you're a general manager right now or a head of a baseball department, uh, you've got to take a, a, a cold, hard look at where you're at, where you want to be, and what moves you need to make before the end of this month, not the end of August. As you mentioned, everyone's speculating on bullpen moves. Uh, Dick Bramer with us, television voice of the Minnesota Twins, brought to you by Jefferson Lines. This is the Twins Wrap. And if they can get someone to back up uh, Taylor Ro- uh, Rogers, who's wow, I mean – what more can you say? This kid is, you could see it coming, I think, the past couple of years, but he is lights out right now. Yeah, and he's been very durable, but you don't want to overextend him either. Uh, you know, if there's someone out there, Ken Giles, if he's healthy, there's a little concern about his elbow right now. Um, Ken Giles could be a, a big addition for the Twins if, if the asking price isn't too high uh, because he has closed. He throws upper 90s. Uh, he's right-handed. He'd be a nice compliment uh, with Rodgers. But I do think they need to add another left-handed reliever. Now, that that can come from within. Uh, maybe a Devin Smeltzer could be uh, up here and, and pitch out of the bullpen. Um, but, you know, you, you don't want to go into these big series, potentially big series in August and September with just one left-hander uh, out of your bullpen. So, uh, I, I can see the Twins adding a reliever or two, maybe even three, but almost certainly one of them would be a left-handed reliever, I think. He really does have a rubber arm. He almost jokes about it. It doesn't take, take me very long to warm up or whatever. I'm usually pretty good to go. I haven't seen anything like that in a long time. Well, in the game he pitched, uh, I forget whether it was Friday or Saturday. I think it was the Friday game when he came out of the pen and pitched two innings. Then I went back to the hotel room and I watched the Cleveland rebroadcast because I wanted to see, I don't spend a whole lot of time when I announce the game looking at the monitor. I wanted to see from the center field camera whether what I saw from behind home plate was was actually what was happening, and it was. You know, Rogers, completely cold-blooded, it appears, was able to Friday and again Saturday, just one inning, not just throw strikes, but throw high-quality strikes that are down and in on the corner, up and away in the corner, you know, on the edges of the strike zone with very rarely a pitch down the middle. And and to have that kind of ice water in your veins and in the big moment like that and being asked to come back for a second inning and deliver pitches like that really speaks to how good of a relief pitcher the Twins have in Taylor Rogers. Well, coming up, uh, hopefully we can get uh, Eddie Rosario back here and, and healthy and ready to go. I know he was chomping at the bit to go this past weekend in Cleveland. And I, I said this yesterday. I don't know if you'll like this analogy or not, but it seems like when you talk about the starting nine and the lineup, that it's kind of every part of a vehicle, right? And although Eddie, uh, he seems like he's nitrous. I, I don't know if you agree with me on that. He just seems to add a little punch. They got so many good hitters, but he is something special. Yeah, and the Twins have missed him in the lineup. There's no question about that. They've also missed C.J. Crone. And one thing for Twins fans to look forward to now, uh, and it's a wonderful problem to have, but there are going to be some tough roster decisions to make here. I think Twins fans are like me. They want to see Luis arise in the lineup. But as you add players, you still only get 25. As you add players, let's say Rosario, okay, well, maybe you send Jake Cave down to the minor leagues. But then what do you do when C.J. Crone 
comes back to the 25-man roster. Who goes? Does somebody else get hurt? Do you have to put someone else on the injured list to accommodate Crone, or do you have to send a rise back to the minor leagues? My goodness, the guy looks like he's going to be an all-star player for the Twins for many years. So it's a wonderful problem to have, and not one we could have imagined just a couple of years ago, but the Twins have an awful lot of talent on the 25-man roster and beyond as long as they're all healthy. Does that bring up the fact as we get closer to July 31st, the hard trade deadline that, you know, it, usually it's prospects for players who are starters. And, you know, I think the twins broke that mold with Terry Ryan when they traded Matt Lott in 2001, when they were chasing Cleveland, it could maybe they make a move with one of these guys who are just on the cusp and always bouncing back and forth instead of a, a young prospect. Well, I, and I think maybe not specifically him, but, one of the guys who would fit in that category would be Jake Cave. To me, Jake Cave's a major league outfielder. And I think, to be honest, he would be a starting outfielder for the four other teams in the American League Central. But he is stuck in a in kind of a state of a limbo with the Twins because when they're healthy, there's no spot to carry him. He's an athlete. He runs really well. He's got pop in his bat. And he probably needs to be up in the major leagues getting a lot of at-bats and refining himself as a hitter more than going to Rochester and winning a couple of, you know, International League Player of the Week awards. I, I don't think he has much of anything left to prove uh, in the uh, AAA level. So he might be someone that the Twins would have to part with to bring in a piece. But again, you bring somebody in now, whether it's a pitcher, I can't imagine the Twins bringing in a position player. But if you bring in anybody else and add them to the 25-man roster, well, then again, Someone needs to go off the 25-man roster. And there's some guys that twins, frankly, like A. Ray Adrianza, they don't want to lose him. They think he's a key part to what's going on here. So, you know, it's going to be a fascinating next couple of weeks here in advance of the trade deadline to see, in particular, how the twins, how active they are and at what cost both in the minor league system and on the 25-man roster. Yeah, that was another name I was thinking of as far as maybe a, a guy within the 40-man that they'd maybe have to dish off here because you know if they're looking for a bullpen help, that's what they'd have to do. And I'll say this about the Twins organization, and you know this more than I do. When you talk to some of the front office people there, you know, they understand we are talking about people here, not widgets, and they really want an opportunity. If they know there's a logjam for a certain player, they want to bury them. They want to give them an opportunity. They're pretty down-to-earth with that. Well, yeah, and Adrian's is a great example of that. You know, they, they put him pretty much anywhere on the field, and he's been very professional. He's been really good at the plate. He's been reliable in the field. He basically is becoming what Marwin Gonzalez has already become, and he's out of options. So if you say, okay, we're going we're gonna to activate Crone and Rosario, and we're going to try to sneak Adrianza through waivers, he'll be gone. You'll lose him. And that's what the Twins don't want to risk with Adrianza. I think they've got a great uh, um, opinion of him, both as a player and a potential you know, manager in the minor leagues, maybe even the big leagues down the road. They just love the guy uh, beyond the numbers he puts together on the field, and they, because of that, don't want to lose him. Should be a good one tonight, the start of a nine-game home series. I'm sure he'll be enjoying that, uh, starting with the Mets for a two-gamer and then four against the A's. Kind of a quirky part of the schedule, but Michael Pineda going tonight and should be a fun run for you. Yeah, it should be a fun home stand, and we expect big crowds. We hope for good weather and hope the Twins can continue to do what they've done at home, which is roughly win two out of every three. It's going to be a fun, fun home stand.
All right. Thanks so much, Dick. I do appreciate it. We'll talk to you next Tuesday in the middle of that Yankee series. You got it, Derek. The television voice of the Minnesota Twins, Dick Bramer. Again, the Twins Wrap brought to you by Jefferson Lines, your number one bus experience for over 100 years serving North Dakota and cities through the Midwest. Again, Corey Provis, the radio play-by-play voice. He'll kick things off along with Chris Atterbury and Dan Gladden live from Target Field tonight, the first of two against the Mets. And as I said, starting on Thursday, Four games at Target Field against the A's, and then three games Monday through Wednesday of next week against the New York Yankees. We'll talk to Dick again next Tuesday in the middle of that series. But again, the Mets at the Twins tonight, 6.30, very shortly. That wraps up Couch Potato Radio. Derek Hansen with you. A full Couch Potato Radio with that Twins day game over on the fan tomorrow. 6 o'clock, 6 until 8, tomorrow night here on the mighty 790 KFGO.